these guys that, that have been on, I don't know as much as them, you know. Uh, but when I jumped off that ledge, I realized what it was. You know, if you want to become an expert in something, teach it, really. Firehouse Vigilance presents The Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Corley Moore, Firehouse Vigilance. This is Weekly Scrap, number 78. Tonight's guest is Jake Barnes. Started out in the U.S. Air Force as a firefighter. If I get anything wrong in these details, you correct me. Went to Kentucky. Warrior or hero. Okay, that's the only two I'm allowed to say tonight. (laughs) Uh, Went to Kentucky be a firefighter for eight years and New Albany for the last 17 years. He loves instructing. He loves live fire, especially when it comes to basement fires. Jake Barnes, it is my pleasure to have you on as the guest of Weekly Scrap number 78. Hey, thank you so much, Corley. I tell you what, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm pretty excited about being on here. All right. I'm going to hook you up with some Johnny's Charcoal Broiler. Um, that's a, sorry. It's a local sports animal joke. <laughs> um, no, 100%, man. The guest uh, or the host of the Three Point Firefighter podcast, uh, author of multiple articles, uh, to everyone watching live, if you have questions for Jake or myself, please do not hesitate to send them in the comments. Did I miss anything in the intro that I that's important or you want to add? Uh, uh, I also am an instructor for the International Society of Fire Service Instructors. I'm a live fire instructor, 1403, and they're just now getting ready to kick off the new basement fire class uh, in uh, combination with ULNIST studies. So. I really enjoy that. That's a lot of fun as well. Just because, well, there's live fire. That's always a blast, right? Right on. Right on. All right. I want to start out right out the gate. Jacob Johnson saying, let's go with one, two, three, four, five O's and an exclamation point. He said, Jake is solid. So there you go. We got an endorsement out the gate. Live endorsement. 20 bucks going to him. Venmo. Right on. Uh, I want to start right (laughs) out the gate by talking about your podcast, uh, the Three Point Firefighter Podcast. It focuses on the three points. Obviously, it's right in the name, the three points, uh, Mm -hmm. pride, training, and physical fitness. Uh, Tell me how that started for you. So um, I started writing articles and never having done it before, really enjoyed it. And I came up with an idea for an article on leadership. So the more fire department leadership books you read, the more convoluted the the idea can be. You don't know what's going to work for you in your situation. I mean, you know, Salka, Goldfeder, Sergi, all these guys are are writing great books. So I came up with the idea that if you had to distill leadership down to three things, okay, it would be exampleship. And exampleship would be the three things would be pride, training, and physical fitness. And if you start with those three things and build on that, you can go in any direction you want. So I wrote the article and it was just one of those things that I was just, I really proud about the article. I said, you know, this really hit home for me and I got some good feedback from it. So that article just kind of stuck in the back of my head for a while. I never in a million years wanted to do a podcast. That was I, I love podcasts, but yeah, I know the it wasn't. But once you the ideas in your head, I'm sure you say same way for you. Once the ideas in your head, it doesn't go away. Right. And if you don't do it, you know. So um, I was on vacation last summer, and I always take a, a firehouse book uh, to read on the beach. So uh, last year it was uh, No Nonsense Leadership by Jared Sergi, right? Dude, that book, right? I mean, well, here, I like to show it because I, I take all kinds of notes. I mean, right. that's that's the deal there. So I was reading it, and it just blew me away. And I thought about how he put himself out there and how it can't be that easy to put yourself out there in the world as a firefighter. And uh, it, it, from that, I was like, well, now I'm going to make a podcast. I'm going to make him my first guest. Never met the guy. <laughs> and uh, I said, I didn't even have a backup for a first guest. I'm just like, I'm just going to bug shit out of Jared Sergi, I guess. Uh, I texted or emailed him one time. He's like, yep, let's do this. So, and, uh, you know, that's how I got started, really. And I had no idea it was going to be as much fun as it is. No, and that's the part about it is, and I, we were talking before we started, it's you get this one-on-one conversation of someone you would go to a conference to hear speak or do a keynote. Yeah. But but you yeah. get the one-on-one conversation. It's just, it's amazing. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, it's a perfect example, too. Like, I like to have drinks when I'm uh, doing my podcast. Right. So. Like, I'm having a drink with Mark alone. You know, I'm having a drink with Jared Sergey. You know, I'm having drinks with these heavy hitters, and I'm getting them all to myself, basically, and I can ask whatever questions I want. So, right. yeah, it's great. I love it. 
No, you said Mark alone. I got to do uh, everything saws. Uh, that I was down there at North Florida Fire Expo uh, this last week, and I got to do everything saws. And me and Mark alone were both in that class together, cutting yeah, cool. roof props and and chopping uh, carriage bolts. It was great, man. Wouldn't you like to be one of the newer guys in that class going? Is that Mark alone? Yeah. yeah, where? Over there by Curly Moore. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> where are we? <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah, uh, his new article came out today. So you can tell that that uh, expo really uh, must have hit him pretty good because he, he wrote a nice little uh, article today. Oh, that junior Fire senior side. man, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, really yes. good. It was I a love really his good article. I po- yeah, I, I shared it because, yeah. No, it was good stuff. Oh, well, yeah. Pulling my notes back up because I lost them here as I as I ask questions of people. Not a problem. I was uh, an adult film star for seventeen years. We can talk about that. That's, that's actually I just did the lighting. That's when they talk about the gifted side of Jake Barnes. <laughs> Naturally gifted. Naturally gifted. That's my heart. <laughs> uh, so let's deep dive on the pride because uh, okay. you talk about physical fitness. That's a, that's an easy one. Check. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I understand training. Uh, there's a lot of discussion you can have on training. I'm not discounting it as far as that, but but I'm, I want to deep dive on pride when the three points, because uh, what do you mean? What do you mean when Jake Barnes talks about pride? Well, it's it's a pretty you know subjective term, but for me, pride is the little things. You know, wearing your uniform right, making sure your truck is clean. Uh, nice. It's you know all that stuff that people don't necessarily see, all the stuff that you do that no one may not may may not see. Um, you see a lot of firefighters that wear the, I call, uh, I, I sort of have a, a term for s- some people that aren't really the best of firefighters, Okay. but they wear their t-shirts and, uh, off duty and they got bumper stickers. So they're my t-shirt bumper sticker people gotcha. that don't want to do anything for the job. They want to come get that paycheck and keep that couch from floating up against the ceiling. Um, but, you know, to me, pride is, you know, just taking that extra time, getting that truck clean, cleaning the shitters. If you got to clean the shitters, clean the hell out of those shitters, you know. Um, many years ago in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, we had to do uh, – we were cleaning the bay windows. And we had those bay windows that were all glass, so it sure. took forever. Right. And I was rushing it. through them. Yeah, talk about – I was rushing through them. And my senior man at the time, Dave Ernest, he goes, whoa, slow down. He said, uh, do them right or just don't do them. And that really, I was like, you know what? That's a good point. Why, why am I even doing this? Just do it right, you know? So it's it, the pride is a big thing. And I think pride can carry you through to the other two things, too, training and physical fitness. Nice. You know? Now, I've been on all, on both sides of it, though. I've been a lazy bag of shit, too, in the fire service. I've had my down moments. Um, There's some but, moments. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Got to be honest, right? No one's going to buy what I'm selling if I'm not telling the truth. Right on. Right on. So is it peaks and valleys, or did you start off uh, just not caring as much and figured out, or or what's your journey kind of to go? I mean, you're very honest when you say I was, you know, there's been times when I've not been the top of my game, obviously. So I, I said lazy bag shit. I, I, <laughs> I was I was polishing it a little bit. But go ahead, brother. Go ahead. I, I want to hear so, the story. Um, so okay, so my story was this. Um, I guess everybody has their ups and downs, but I had when I when I came up to New Albany. I was assigned, my first assignment was on a really busy engine, engine one, had lots of fires, very few smells and bells. I mean, it was a great, and I had a really good captain, uh, Phil Grace, and I just, I was there, I was happy. And I started, I guess I started to uh, be a little self-entitled. Well, they moved me to headquarters, and when they moved me, I felt like, well, that's bullshit, you know, I'm, I'm doing so good up here, they can't move me. I mean, I'm the newest guy on the job, by the way, when this happened. So they moved me to uh, Engine 3, and we shared a house. It's headquarters, but we shared a house with a truck company. And I just was, you know, I was that guy that I was just kind of mad. You right, know, I didn't right. want to train. I didn't want to do anything. Um, sleep when I could, you know, sleep to your hungry, to your tired kind of guy. And uh, just just hated on the truck company. I was just, just didn't like them. And then uh, it, it was about a year. I, I, around about a year, I just, I was so miserable and then I realized, I was like, wait a minute. The only person that's in your way is you. Nice. The truck company is going out of their way to try to help you. You know, everybody around you is trying to help you. You know, you've got the greatest job in the world. I mean, you know, I always like to say that I feel bad for astronauts and fighter pilots because they couldn't get on the fire department. Right so they on. had to settle for those I like jobs, that. right? I like yeah. that. So I, I, what I did was I just kind of stepped back and uh, said, you know what? Okay, let's do this again. And I started really enjoying the job again. And but again, it was all me. Nobody, the truck company wasn't doing anything but trying to help me. The engine guy, everything was, everybody was great. I was just being a big baby about it. I right felt on. like, 
you know, you can, chief, you can't move me where you want to move me. I'm like, yeah, yeah you can. <laughs> dude, that's, so it, dude, there's so many people that can't own that. Cause, uh, no, that's amazing, man. That's a great, that's a, I don't know if that's more powerful than someone who just came in, fired up, stay fired up forever is someone who can, who can admit that I was a turd and oh, yeah. I, I, I had to own it, that it was me, not anybody else. Yeah, it's it's hard to do. At the time, it was, it was a real tough pill to swallow because you always. I think most firemen want to think they're really, really good. Right. Yeah, you know. So when I realized that I wasn't, you know, I I started. I really started bugging the truck company. One guy in particular, because uh, I, you know, I've been on truck companies. I, it's not my thing. It's just I love being on an engine. And so knowing that it was a weakness of mine, I started really bugging this guy like, hey, anytime you tear a, tear a saw apart to clean it, let me know. And if you're going to clean your ladders, let me know. And uh, one fire in particular, we should not have been on this roof. But I grabbed him. I said, let's go on that roof and vent that roof. He was so tired. He's like, man, we don't need to be up there. Come on, come on. Let's do, <laughs> you know? let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. I was just trying to shore up my skills. Sure, there. sure. I, but I like to think that those troughs at the bottom – they're getting, you know, smaller and smaller and more and more infrequent. But I think we're all going to have them in our in our uh, careers. No, and and having that experience of being there, you can identify with someone who is there, and maybe it, provided yeah. that the personal accountability exists on some level, and you can tap into that. Right. You know. Right. I mean, if it's just excuses and it's not me, it's it's the organization, it's the chief, it's whatever. It's hard to get past. But uh, that empathy, being able to identify with someone who is there, say, "Hey, I've been there, brother." Yeah, and it's my responsibility, having gone through it, put myself through it. It's my responsibility to share that so people don't have to do that. Right know? on, right on. So, Dude, that's strong. Okay. Thanks. Moving to the next. Oh, that's off topic. That's just a rabbit hole. We already rabbit hole number one. Love rabbit holes. Love them. <laughs> All right. So uh, you wrote an article for Firehouse, and I love the topic because we need more discussion on this topic, and it's about the performance review in the fire service. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so many of them are just checking boxes and sending it through or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, again, your article uh, touches a lot of it. But, yeah, go ahead and, and give me your take on performance reviews in the fire service. I, I don't know how we go without it. I, I really don't. You know, uh, it's not something that we're using in my current fire department. I know it's something they probably would love to do. Uh, but it to me, how do you know where you need to go if you don't know where you are? So when I was in Lexington, Kentucky, had the honor of working there for like eight years. When you were a brand new person, um, you got a review by your captain every month. So you didn't have any room to stray. You know, if you if you weren't wearing your uniform right, you weren't doing your training right, you heard about it, you know, for the, within a month. So that's rapid I love feedback. That. Yeah, it, it is. It's good and it's bad because if you think you're doing something good, they tell you something bad. You're like, oh, shit, you know, right. But, I, I really enjoyed that. And after that, it was a once a year kind of thing. I think it's important because I need to say, okay, Coralie, listen, this past year, uh, you've done really good. You know, we've had a good, lot of EMS runs, a lot of fires, but I've noticed that your training's been slacking off a little bit. Your uniform's looking a little shabby, you know, and then, you know, try to correct anything I can correct. And then just as important though, is saying, okay, in a year, when we come back and do this again, here's what I would like to see for you. I, I want to see you step up and ride the seat more, work on your pumping. I just think it's like a, when you go bowling with kids and they put those bumpers up so you don't get gutter balls. Right. That's what, a, a, to me, a performance review is. It, it's putting those bumpers up. So, you know, they're setting you up for success. You're not going to get any gutter balls if you got good people giving you good information. Nice. Love nice. it. Love it. No, absolutely. And and um, uh, I'll, I'll just read some of these comments that are coming at you right now. Because we got uh, Tony Nunez says, you can't fix something if you don't know it's broke. Boom. Right there. Another 20 bucks Venmo to him. <laughs> Paco, <laughs> C.O. Carlin said, the hardest part is few are honest. I'm not sure which yeah. part he was referencing. But, oh, he's talking about performance reviews. Yeah. That is, yeah. it's a stroke fest. Um it can be if you got a, a best friend that's your captain, and he wants to tell you, you know, oh no, you're good, you're good. Is he helping you or hurting you? Right, you know? right. So, and, yeah, you got to have some integrity if you're going to be the person. And then another part of it is the 360, which is the chief himself. The higher ups have to be evaluated as well, and I think that could be a problem because some chiefs don't want that evaluation. You know, I, I can't speak for all of them, but. You know, that that's part of it too. You have to be it has to be top to bottom, left to right, neck to nut, stem to stern, fair. Uh, yes. And, and and like you're just alluding to right there is it depends on uh the size of your department. You could have, you know, captains that 
you know, everybody gets a five, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or, or whatever the rating system is. Everybody gets a 10. Right. And, and the, the captain, of the next district over is like, no, you're doing your job. You get a, your that's your job. So that's expected. That's middle of the road. And so you have to have a, almost a, uh, department wide. This is our standard. This is what excellent means. This is what average means. Right. And if well, you- and, th- and there lies the problem too, though, because if say using five is the highest, like the best you can get in something, are you saying that you can improve? That's the problem. No. So, so I've seen that too, where one guy in, in, in Lexington gave another guy straight fives, saying you cannot. And I was like, so he can't improve on anything. He's doing everything absolutely perfect. You're, that's one of the sticky wickets of right, one sure. of these events. Yeah, sure. No, there's no doubt about it. And it's that balance, that dichotomy of uh, uh, pushing for uh, excellence while encouraging the the behavior that you want to see more of. Right. You know. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think everybody likes. Not everybody needs an attaboy or a good job, but I think everybody likes it. Sure. I mean, it don't cost anything to say, hey, man, you did a really good job. I used to call that truck company I was telling you about. Uh, I used to call when I was off duty and they get a fire. I'd call the captain uh, and say, hey, man, I heard you guys did a real good job. You know, why not? No, absolutely. Dude, uh, there's a saying, I don't know who said it. So I hate quoting people, but it's like, how can you tell if someone needs a pat on the back? And it's because they're breathing. And so. (laughs) Yeah, see? And everybody enjoys it. Whether they need it or not, it's arguable. But I don't know anyone who doesn't enjoy being told they did a good job. Uh, Sure, sure. Question coming at you from Matthew Kidd. He said, do you feel the performance review should include firefighter skills? Kind of a individual minimum standards test. Oh, absolutely. And big shout out to Matthew Kidd. He's one of my uh, training mentors. Nice. Uh, good, great guy. Great guy. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Why not encompass everything we do and let us know where we can improve on it? Right. Because, hey, you may clean the shitters like a just like the best toilet cleaner in the world. But you can't throw a ladder. Sorry. You know what? Then you're going to be a great janitor. Right. <laughs> a good fireman. But I, I think they should be all encompassing. I really should. I really do think that. I think that's a great idea. Why not test their academics too? You know, do you know what a Higby notch is? You know, it's just sure. all that kind of stuff. Why not make better firefighters uh, kind of easy, really? It's not that hard. Nice. No, I like that a lot. Um, let see. Ryan King said, no one is perfect at everything. Every one of us can do better. Yes. There's no finish line. I learned that late in my career in the fire service, that there's no finish line. You're not going to. You're never going to meet a firefighter that's got it all figured out, and you're never going to be that firefighter. It's always the this guy figured out, but you can be that firefighter that's late to your own retirement party because you're training. You can be that guy. Nice. I like that a lot. Uh, no. And if you are, if you are the firefighter that thinks you have it all figured out, then don't scratch your head when, when no one listens to you because you're a know-it-all. So. Oh yeah. And I've heard you say this on this podcast before in one shape or another is, uh, you know, you humble yourself or the department or the, the job will humble you. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Those that have been and those that will be. Uh, an honest 360 review. Chad Bootsine says, an honest 360 review can turn things around. You can't have expectations of men of the men if you aren't meeting theirs. And that's a, that's a strong point. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 hard for people that are in the chief's positions because they're, they're usually been on longer and they're dealing with things that, you know, the, the rank and file don't. So it's hard for them to kind of get that 360 evaluation feedback, but it's only going to sting the first one or two times. After that, you know, you, if you take it and you listen to what you're being told and work on it, I said, no, nobody's perfect. Right. My wife reminds me of that constantly. <laughs> she uh, reviews me every month and I haven't got a good review yet. So as my, uh, we, we flew today and I got reminded today that I was, I was not perfect. Um, <laughs> Tony Nunez says, a pat, and I really want to make a point on this, a pat on the back too often can water it down. They are definitely needed, but not all the time. Yes. So I got a little bit to say on that. I don't know if you have anything you want to say before I, before I walk on you, but go ahead. No, no, you, you go first, then if I got right. anything different. My right. whole deal is this, is there's a whole difference between like flattery and a well-earned compliment. So you, a well-earned compliment is never watered down. If you went out and busted your ass and worked hard and earned a compliment and you get it, that's great. Now, if I'm just passing out, hey, good job, buddy. Hey, you showed up today. Good job. You know, flattery or, or whatever you want. <laughs> Empty compliments? Yes, 100%, Tony. So anyway, that's what I wanted to make a point on. There's a difference. No, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. There, there's, there is a difference. You're right. The only time I 
try to go a little bit more than normal is with newer recruits. Um, I, I feel like that I get more out of them if I'm a little bit more, hey, you know, you did this right and all that. Now, when they get on the line, I'm like, you know, to your point, I'm going to say, hey, you came to work. Atta boy. Right. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, I agree. No, I agree with you completely. When it's earned, man, uh, well earned. That's the thing. And when it's well earned, it it can't be watered down. But if you just pass them out, yeah, okay. So we'll run that yeah. into the ground. All right, Jake, pulling up my next point to you. Let's do this. Next one, and I love this, which is how Jake Barnes was inspired by his furniture movers to implement new communication skills. No shit, yeah. That's no joke. Somebody read my article, huh? Yes. 20 bucks, Venmo, coming at you. Yeah, so um, it's a really interesting story because I've always said the problem with most – if you look at almost – most line of duty deaths or injuries or close calls, or whatever, almost always there's going to be a communication failure somehow, some way. Right. And it's something I don't think we train enough on. Sure. So again, trying to write an article that's in the back of my brain, my uh, lovely bride and I bought a brand new, we finished our basement. So we bought nice couches to, you know, make a little movie TV room. And these couches, when they got here, I started measuring upstairs. I'm like, there's no way they're going to get them uh, around the corner and down the stairs. It just can't be done. So I was kind of stressing about it, and then uh, I, I stopped the guy, and he's, oh, no, we got it, we got it. So they come in, and they measure it, and then they have their own language. And they knew exactly what they were going to do. So the guy says, okay, we're going to do an alley-oop, and then two, three turns here, and then you're going to go high, you're going to go low. Now, if you see me nodding my head, that means you need to keep going. I mean, they had this whole language and plan. So I was watching this, and I was like, holy cow, they're communicating, like, next level. And but I, how how is it going to pay out though? Right, That's the right. big question. And I'll be damned if they didn't bring that thing down here, didn't scuff it, didn't do nothing wrong. And the, everything the guy said, because he even prepared it, he goes, "Well, we're going to turn here, but if it gets too heavy for you, I know my head. I mean, you know, all this neat stuff." And when I, I was there like this, I was like, my mouth was wide open. <laughs> so when he, they were done, I said, "Brother, I got to tell you," I said, "I'm a fireman, and watching you." And what you just did was amazing, how well you communicated and then had this difficult task. And it worked. It, I mean, it was really good. So, yeah, thanks. Nice. Uh, Legos and radios, the paper fold Legos drill, the telephone game. So yeah. are those things you've implemented to, to? I have not implemented them yet for my guys. My guys are a little bit different. Uh, I don't know that they would go for that. Uh, I try to work on other things. I do want to do that. I was actually going to plan on doing it during uh, this past winter, but COVID kind of screwed everything up. But it's a great drill. For those who don't know, you buy a small Lego pack of, you know, plane, a car, whatever it is, nothing too crazy. And you put somebody in one room with the Legos uh, uh, and then a radio, and then the officers in a whole other room, they can't see them with just the instructions. And over the radio, you try to get that. You don't tell them what you're building. You right. just try to get them to build it. So you learn really, really quick that you can't say, you know, take the long side or take the short side or, or grab the big one or grab the small one. You can't use those subjective terms right, anymore. You right. have to be more specific. Right. And hopefully that translates into the fire ground. Sure, sure. And, and, and even if it doesn't, at least radio habits of what makes it come through clear where you're holding it. You know? Right, exactly. You yeah. can have an SCBA on the whole sure, time. You can sure. have people making noise in the background. It's it's a it's a good drill. I do hope to do it. No, and that's and and just radios and Legos is a very uh, simple way to do it. All the way up to um, there's complex games you can play where one person's in the other room and the other person's on a laptop in this room, and you're talking through radios and SCBAs and trying to solve a puzzle, and it's so much oh. fun. And you can add a lot of depth to it. So uh, That's cool. Yes, absolutely. So here we go. Uh, Jacob Johnson says, okay, hold on. i got to catch everybody up. Uh, Tim Cron says, what makes a great company officer, Major Barnes, like perhaps a truck company officer? And there's quite a few emojis there, so I don't know the inside story. <laughs> well, that is a truck captain asking that question. Gotcha. That makes much more sense. Uh, and he's an excellent truck captain. He's one of the ones uh, that uh, I say is going to miss his retirement party because he's going to be training. Gotcha. So he's he, he's a getter. He's a doer. I think he's, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, I think he's 84 years old. Okay. And he's he's pretty decrepit, and he's not that attractive. Okay. So, but no, he Shots gets fired. At it. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Hey, he started it. All right. No, he's really good. Good. He's a uh, he's one of my go tos too. If I need help training, he he's always there. So, a uh, card carrying member of the Captain Cron fan club. 
Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Matthew Kidd says it's easy to catch wrongs or screw ups, but it takes effort to catch rights and good jobs. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of talked about that, you know, in the fire service, you just don't see a lot. I mean, it's, it's not our nature. We, we'd rather catch you fucking up than doing something great, you know, and been there too. I've been that guy. Uh, but you know, how hard is it to just say, Hey man, good job. Get a good job. The Paco Sio Carlin, Sio Carlin. Okay. Paco, forgive me on my pronunciation. Lack of communication is arrogance. Look at the Super Bowl team and SEAL Team 6. They communicate constantly and everyone can see it, but we think we can operate in the dark on silence. Hmm. Very solid point. Yeah, I think you can, you know, that, that old term radioactive, you know, you can you can talk too much on the, that radio, sure. that, you know. you know, Start telling stories and having backstories and characters. And plot, yeah, be advised I'm a Pisces. Plot twists. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> Record scratch. All right. So you mentioned um, in that article on the on the furniture movers, so I'm backing up here and bringing it up. Okay. But you said in spite of all the hazards, the all hazards approach that we have, the ever-increasing skill sets, the number of hats that we have to wear, by and large, we still show up and we get the job done. That's that's the, that's the part about it that I want to focus on and that you know and talk about with you is at the end of the day generally speaking there's not not I'm not sitting here saying hey pat ourselves on the back we don't have room for improvement or anything like that but by and large all hazards approach tons of hats we show up and we get the job done that's one of our specialties well I like to say that yeah exactly we you know we have to solve an infinite amount of problem with a finite amount of tools and the only thing that bridges that gap is our brain and our ability to think outside of the box. And, um, you, you know, you'll, there's ne- I'm waiting for Paul Combs to write a, a cartoon where you see firemen driving away from a car wreck and there's people still in the car. You right, know? right. Or, you know, or fire is still going. They're like, well, I fucked that up. I can't. Oh, well, you know. Oh, well. But maybe, no, maybe, you're exactly Maybe next right. time. Yeah, maybe. You know what? I think I learned from this last fire we just left. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we always get it done. And, you know, that's our burden. You know, we, we don't get to quit. You, there's no, I mean, like, ah, oh, shit. Right. You know, you, you go and you go and you go. The problem comes if you don't analyze all your successes and your failures, then you're never going to be able to improve. You're not going to be able to say, hey, and that honest look again, hey, I could have done this better, right. you know? Or I should have broke out all these windows, man. You know, maybe I could have just went through the lock or maybe I could have done this. But that's there's no I mean, I don't know what the public thinks about us, but there's no steps to putting out fire, really, because each one's unique. Each one, you know, the, the building, the construction, we can do we can do all the training and studying we want, but we're always going to be behind the curve. We're, we're never be ahead of it. So, yeah, yeah, totally. I agree. OK. No, I like that. I had like like fourteen things I wanted to say in there, but you were you were you were on a roll, and it sounded good. Boom. Uh, there we. I uh, Matthew Kidd told Tim that he thinks Tim is good looking, so there was a uh, he, he. He was. He is not. He's a very <laughs> unattractive person. Radio discipline is super important. I was talking about communication. Yes. Uh, the furniture guys realize that it's teamwork that wins economy of motion. And most importantly, that positive word of mouth gets repeat customers. And that's from David Pruitt. And that is a excellent point about communication. So, uh, if furniture movers can do it, we can do it. Right. Absolutely. Smoothbore cartels chiming in said, I've never been to a fire that I didn't did want back after. Didn't. Okay, sorry. There he goes. He correct. I've never been to a fire that I didn't want back after. What do you mean? I want a clarification. I'm waiting for Kyle to clarify. Getting my notes up there. He'll he'll hit us in a second. Pulling my notes up. I'll get to it when he does. Okay. I I think what he's trying to say is he thinks I'm extremely sexy. Is that is that what you're getting from that? or That might be, until he corrects, that's the only thing we can take I, from I'm going to go with that. Uh, go with what that. he says is, I want them all back to do over. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can get mired down in that. I mean, that's it. I think as long as you don't base your success on lack of failure, you know? Sure. I, and that's that's a big one right there. Is, you know, if the fire goes out, that doesn't mean you did everything right. Right. fire went out. No, no, and I, I'm I'm the world's worst at laying in bed late at night and saying, "Why didn't I do this or that or this?" In retrospect, with my hindsight, twenty twenty glasses. 
Right. So, right. You have luxury. I want that other rep. Yeah. Paco said it. I get it. You want another rep. Yeah. Just one more rep. That makes sense. Yes. And so why didn't I tell engine two to do this at, at the Charlie Delta? And, and so anyway, because now I, now I have information that I didn't have then. Well, that's it. Yeah, exactly. It'll be easy, dude. It's like going through boot camp a second time. It'd be easy. Right on. Uh, you may, uh, I loved your article. Gener- I'm mean, going through your articles one by one here. I hope you don't mind. Uh, no, no. I the Generation Gap. Much. And uh, the article, The Generation Gap, you wrote it. It came out. And it's not just because it beats the same drum of, hey, we're different generations, things like that. You actually, It actually dug deep into the differences in the whys, you know. And so dis- discuss right. that. And, and not only that, but, like, now we're, we're, you know, our millennials are now, they're our fire officers now they're no yes. longer the new guys you know that's that's an old buzzword we're talking gen yes. z i gen whatever you want to call them the zoomers right. so anyway. oh yeah the, uh, well i mean i think i'm not a big fan of anybody hating on another generation because they're normally just saying that to make themselves feel better you know and we have a young fire service right now and it's nothing to be afraid of it's nothing to shame either so my experience with all this was we I hired uh, we hired these people and I was training them and I don't think any of them had any fire training, and I call them my super six because they were just go getters doers, just great guys. I enjoyed like every day with these six were great. But there was one guy in particular that would ask why on everything. He had to know why on everything, and I was just getting furious. I don't have time to tell you why. It was my ego is what it was. I had plenty of time to tell him why. You know, it was my ego getting in the way. So uh, I, it was, I can't remember the exact thing. It has something to do with an axe. I made him, you know, repaint an axe or something. And uh, to your point, I was at home in bed and I was like, you know, what? it's killing me. And then it hit me, you know, it's just a generational thing. He wants to know why we're doing all these things. And I'm kind of being a dick, making it seem like it's too hard to deliver the why. Sure. So I started studying a little bit about generational stuff. Um, my wife is, is big into that. She sent me down a path with, uh, with somebody and I interviewed her, uh, for the article and it made me understand an awful lot about it. And when you understand something better then it's just easier to deal with. And so from that, uh, uh, those super six to today, I always try to incorporate more wise and not just for the younger generation. I think giving a little bit more why information, uh, makes it better. And then, you know, these newer generations are better at technology, you know, so we can, we can use that to our advantage. Uh, they like to take ownership of stuff, you know, yes. they want to be, you know, firefighters off duty, on duty all day long. So, yeah, I, I think there's a, a, some people think that this current generation is going to ruin the fire service. I think just the opposite. I think it's going to really elevate it. And I love hearing that. And I always say this, whenever generations come up, I always reference this. So people who listen, understand but back up to like 1918 and, and whoever the firefighters were, insert whatever, not even firefighters, but 1918, and they were talking about these young whippersnappers coming into whatever the fire service, let's say, mm-hmm. and they're talking about the greatest generation, and they're like, these guys are going to ruin the fire service. You know what I'm right. saying? These, these, you know, these are the ones that are going to ruin the fire service. And it's happened. Every generation. Every generation is just like, they have no respect. They don't get it. They, uh, to your point of it, making them understand the why, Mm-hmm. Um, it, it goes right to the make it one of my favorite quotes and it's the Vince Vaughn movie with Jennifer Aniston, the breakup mm-hmm. where she's like, I just want you to want to wash the dishes. And he's like, why would I want to wash the dishes? <laughs> you know? And to me that connected with me on so many levels, which, you know, yeah. for whatever reason, I'll never want to want to wash the dishes. But right. when, when they understand the why they can, they can want to go and train. They can want to go and, and stretch that hose or do that evolution. Um, right, because then they're just going through the, without the why. They're just going through the steps, and right. the truth of it is, you want them to see the big picture. Right, right. So if you teach them how to force a door, and you don't give them the why, yeah, mechanically they may be sound, but if there's some troubleshooting that needs to be done, and they don't have that why and don't see that big picture, right, then you've you've kind of doomed them. So no, hundred percent. Okay, I'm going to catch you up because there's been a few comments I've missed here. Let me see if I can get sure. in in um in context. Fact, fact. There we go. There's a reason communication is on every NIOSH report, but a lot of times it's the last thing we think about training on. That's true. That is very true. That came from Drew Elliott. Very true. Uh, Someone said... Two things are are in most everything. It's communication and SCBAs. 
There it is. Uh, I'm looking. All right. We got mediocre mindset from Corey Payne said, if the fire goes out and we all come home, then it was a success. Hashtag fake news. If your company doesn't wish for a second chance at that same fire to do it even better the next time, then they need a kick in the butt. That's a really good mindset exactly. to have towards that. Yes. Corey Payne is an excellent fireman. Uh, him and Matthew Kidd, they, they work for a, a department around us. Okay. And their next level training, I mean, they post pictures at night. They're training. I mean, those guys get it. So, yeah, good on them. Good on them. Uh, Luis Manuel Corona said, I've never been to a fire where I didn't learn anything and everything went perfect. 100%. Uh, yes. I'm catching up here. Uh, Smoothbore Cartel, my man Kyle said, those who ask why keep me sharp. That's a great quote. That's a real good point. I'm going to make that quote. I'm going to mark it. I'm going to try to turn it into a picture. 1918 was the year my brother Arthur Ashley and Andrew Starnes were rookies. That's from Jacob Johnson, so he's taking stabs. I used to work with Arthur. <laughs> Back in Lexington. Uh, all right. Uh, there we go. We're all caught up. Embrace the why. Embrace the why. If they learn from us and grow to be good officers, we can take pride in leaving the fire service better than we found it. Embrace Absolutely. I've heard you speak on uh, generational stuff on, on the weekly scrap before, and I cannot, I want to give credit to the right person, but I can't remember who your host, your guest was, oh. but they said uh, something to the effect of, you know, you complain about this generation, but who raised them? Right. You know? So, I mean, that's something to think about too. You can complain about it all day long, but we're the ones that raised them. So we have to take some ownership in that as well. well. Hopefully someone will tell who said that because there's a sentiment that runs through that. You know, it's like you complain they don't know how to start a chainsaw. Have you gone out in the bay and showed them how to start a chainsaw? Exactly. No, and that's, They'd rather sit on the couch and go, that, that idiot didn't know how to start a chainsaw. Right. That's the whole. And I don't, I, I want to say that was Brunacini. Uh, that might have been the germ of that, but I'm not sure who quoted, you know, that theme of quotes uh, along that line. But yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so we got our. Um, I want to talk about calcium scoring screening tests. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Go. Okay, so you know way more about it than I do. Yeah. So what it is, it's a test that might save firefighters' lives. So if if we're lucky to not die of a heart attack on the fire ground, and we're lucky to make it out of retirement and maybe not die of cancer, and then maybe not have PTSD. I mean, those are a lot of ifs, right? So let's try to take one of those things and work on it right now. And that's what calcium scoring screening test is. So what a calcium scoring screening test does is it can detect buildup of plaque in your uh, main arteries of your heart. Okay. So like the Widowmaker, if you know, if that thing is all blocked up and it, all this came from, uh, I work with a guy that had a big heart attack. He survived it. He's, you know, he's, he's a badass, So he's, he's good to go now. But I was getting my physical about the same time. So I was talking to my doctor at the end of my physical, just kind of off the cuff. I said, why is it we cannot find out how clogged our arteries are in our heart until we've had a heart attack? Right. She said, oh, that's easy. And I was kind of dumbfounded. So what it is, it's called the calcium scoring screening test. More times than not, it, you don't need any insurance. You do not need any doctor's uh, referral. And it only costs from 50 to 120 bucks, depending on where you're at. Nice. In my area, it costs 50 bucks. So what they do is they take a CAT scan of your heart and they can detect calcium. And then they have an algorithm that translates that calcium into plaque, okay, in your heart. So they can tell within 30 minutes if you're all clogged up and, you know, and then what your next step is from there. But it's, it's dirt cheap, no referral, no insurance, and it can absolutely save our lives. So I'm trying to shout it from the mountaintops for everybody to call their doctor and try to get the calcium scoring screening test. I walked in and walked out within 30 minutes. Nice. With and, my result. And super affordable, it sounds like. Very affordable. So I plan on doing it every two or three years. Uh, in the article I wrote, I interview, interview a cardiologist, and I believe he said about every five years. But for 50 bucks, I'll go every three years. No, especially in our profession. I mean, no, that, that, that's now I want to I don't want to like pin you down like you're some expert on it or anything like that. But um, is there false positives, false negatives or anything like like what's the accuracy? I don't I wish I could tell you okay, that. I don't remember enough. off the top of that's my fair. head. Um, I know it's scored from like zero to 400. OK. And then just because you get a high score doesn't mean you're going under the knife by any means. 
there's other things they can do. But if you have a clogged artery and they can fix it before you, you know, you throw the big one, why not? Let's or let's even let, if it just points you, point you down the right direction to go find out what your options are. You know, way sure. Before. I believe they said like the next step would be like a, a and everybody's going to be different. But in my area, they told me because I was kind of interviewing everybody who was doing this as sure. I was going through sure. for the article, and they said, well. If you got a high score, then the next step would probably be uh, a stress test, maybe an echocardiogram. And they just build on that. They get a better picture of your heart, but now they know what to look for. Right. So we don't necessarily have to die of heart attacks if we if we obviously take care of ourselves, but get this test. Awesome, man. No, I love that. I love that. Uh, so I want to ask you, lessons you have learned from instructing. I always like asking this question out of guys who like to instruct. Uh, right. uh, and, and advice you would pass on to others who – either are getting into instructing or want to get into instructing? A couple of things. If you, first off, you're not, no one expects you to know everything. That's just, it's, you're going to put too much stress on yourself. If you think you have to know everything in the fire service to be a good instructor, you don't. Solid. You have to know how to organize. You have to know how to read and comprehend and share. That's the number one thing is sharing. Um, and the other thing um, would probably be, um, don't be, don't, don't bullshit. Don't make stuff up. If you don't know something, just tell <laughs> me. Yeah, I don't yes. know. I can find out for you though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, teaching is a humbling thing because I went into it thinking almost didn't take this job. My job as a, a training officer, because I'm like, I don't know as much. Well, Tim Cron, you know, Matthew Kidd, these guys that, that have been on, I don't know as much as them, you know? Uh, but when I jumped off that ledge, I realized what it was. You know, if you want to become an expert in something, teach it, really. Dude, so solid. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as you got the drive and, and you can read, you comprehend, and number one, share it, you know, uh, you'll be a solid instructor. That, that's really all it takes. But just don't stress yourself out and think you got to know everything because you don't. You can't. You can't possibly know everything. No, and and – you know, everybody talks about vet your instructors, vet your instructors, and you know, know that the who you're who you're listening to, and that that's a hundred percent great advice. There's a uh, presentation that I have literally been working on for like two and a half years now, and it's all building construction because here's the thing: I'm not a building instruction guru, construction right. guru, you know, and I'm learning as I build this presentation because the whole reason I started to build it was we're, we're getting these young. Again, back to the generations, we're getting these guys into the fire service who've never run a lawnmower, never started a chainsaw. You right. know, it's just it's not in their their daily skill set. No, you know, no uh, harm, no foul to them and the way they were raised. It's just the way society is now. And um, so, I, I wanted to build a presentation that was geared towards them. But the thing is, I'm not a building construction guru, so I have to qualify everything. Was look, I built this to learn. You know. Right. Anyway, it's it's a very weird. Uh, place to be to teach something that you're not a subject matter expert on. Especially when people in your group, in your class, know you're not a subject matter expert. Exactly. That's kind of, kind of tough, but uh, no good on you, man. Cause I mean, that's how you learn that. That's really how you hundred percent, hundred percent. I've learned more building that. And then the cool part is because of the scrap and my network is I'm able to like, I have a question I can text like James Johnson and say, Hey, what's this about platform construction that I don't understand? And he can text me back and it's really cool. But, yes. uh, so I'm going to catch you up again because that's what I do. <clears throat> We're going to, uh, the why or back to David Pruitt talking about the why it reaffirms my passion. Also to many guys, they are afraid and feel they are being challenged with the why instead of taking mm-hmm. the solid opportunity to teach and learn. Yes. And I think that's where I was with him too, because you know, when I came in the fire service 28 years ago, it was shut up and do what I tell you. Now, I'm not complaining. You know, I enjoyed how I came up in the fire service. But I think when I was hit with all those whys, I think it was maybe I didn't know every answer and maybe I felt a little standoffish. Like, who are you? You're brand new. You don't ask me why. Right. You know, but once you strip yourself of your ego, take your ego out of it, I, I think you become a much better instructor. And, and like and to his point, you know, you learn. You yes. become a little bit smarter. And now, that's a selfish part about instructing is you can make yourself a little bit better. And, 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 and in our defense, I'll be me, I'll put me and you in the same boat. When we, when we came into this profession, the internet didn't exist where everybody had the, the knowledge of the world at their fingertips right. to just look up anything you said and say, Hey, uh, actually just because you said so doesn't make it true. Well, it, I can't wait till we get to the five questions. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. Spoiler alert, internet's the devil <laughs> when it comes to fire service. There you go. But no, it's the truth is that back then you you had to take the senior guy's word for what he, if he said, because I said Absolutely. so, that's all you had, you know. That's it. And you, you didn't have proof. You, right. know, you had his experience. And one thing I've learned in the fire service over these years is that my experience might be different than yours. Right. You know, we, we might be at the same fire ground. We might be at the same car wreck. But my experience could be totally different than yours. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not... You know, I loved how I came up in the fire service. I'm not going to lie, but right. I, I think that was the time and a place for that. And it's not, it's definitely not now. And I've seen people try to do this hard ass drill sergeant, you know, your piece of shit, new guy kind of thing, and it just don't work. I'm right. sorry, there was a time and place for that. It's not now. And, and some guys may respond to it, but by and large, you're going to lose more than you gain. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I, again, we're speaking in generalities, but that's what. You know, that's what we're like. Yeah, I'm not saying hold their hands and feed them pizza for free and stuff. I'm just right. saying, you know, let's in my article, what I kind of in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to get at is if you want the best for your department, if you want the best out of this firefighter, you have to meet them on their level at some point. Because if you're if you're up here and they're down here and you're not communicating, they're not becoming a better firefighter. You're not getting a better crew. It just it just can't happen. Right. So. This whole, you know, they joined my department, they joined me, and they're going to have to learn the way I learned. They, well, you're just you're setting yourself up for failure, and you're not helping your brother firefighter. That doesn't make any sense, right? And it, it comes down to you can be right or you can be effective. You know, yeah, you can, exactly. You, yes, I love it. You I love it, man. I'm, I'm gonna write that one down. Hold on a second. So George Robertson Jr. said uh, the why questions really scare a lot of guys because they just don't know the information. They are just regurgitating yeah. info or bad info that they have been given with no research. We are right. just scared to be wrong and show someone else how little we really know. And there is, there, there's a, I'm telling you, and, and uh, Jake will probably agree. With, I hope he'll agree with me. But some of the most powerful things you can say as an instructor is, I don't know. Let's go find out. Let's, let's. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And then also when you're teaching uh, is there's always somebody that might have a different way of doing it. And as an instructor to go, Hey, let's see that. Let's see what you got. You know, um, it's a it's a peer thing, you know. It's it's a more it's like how Aaron Fields does his stuff. He talks about he's not necessarily the instructor. He's kind of like a coach. He's kind of like a peer, right? You know, and I think that goes a long way. That's awesome. Uh, if it's good enough for Aaron Fields, I think it's good enough for everybody. That's pretty. That's pretty high. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, instructors, stop reading the powerpoints. I'm Drew Elliott said this. Instructors, stop reading the powerpoints. So yeah. I can say that five thousand times and not read it enough. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I get kind of bad about that. When I first started uh, as a training officer, I would hide iPads around my room with with the presenter, the notes and stuff, right. so I wouldn't have to read them. Because, I mean, I can get, tell you information without reading the PowerPoint, but I need it on my notes. So I would walk around the room, and I'd have, like, a phone here or an iPad over here and my computer and try to make it all nonchalant. Yeah, I look like an idiot, I'm sure. No, no, and my, my my point is, if you're just going to read the slide, I promise you, I can read the slide faster than you can. And so, oh yeah, I went through paramedic school, and our entire pharmacology was li he literally read. Yeah, he's like epinephrine one to ten thousand. I'm like, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> death me quick. Death by PowerPoint. Oh God, it's terrible. Uh, okay, Matthew Kidd said, surround yourself with brothers and sisters that love the craft. They are easy to spot because they are never satisfied and are always looking to be 1% better every day. Yes, 1%ers. Jacob Johnson said, those who love the job the most have the most haters. Follow those guys and put earplugs in for the haters. Background noise is just noise. Love the job and move on. We are here for each other, not to try and copy and press or be the next hot shit guy. 100%. Yeah, I just saw a quote. That I, I love, by the way, I got to brag on you. I love your quotes, uh, Firehouse Vigilance. Thank you. It's it's nice. Like every day I see something that I'm like, yes, I love it. And so good on you for that. But I just saw a quote right before we started this. It said, "People, the people that are trying to pull you down are already below you. And yeah. I thought, wow, that's actually that pretty good. Really good. That's pretty good. Yeah, the more I, I agree, it, it, the more... The more you, you care about the department, well, I'm speaking generalities. The more it seems you care about the department, the more you try to do something, there's going to be those people that can't or won't do what you're doing, so they're going to hate on you. And right they're going on. to try to get, they're going to throw you off your game. I had to write this down. All right, got it written down. Good stuff. All right. I always like to ask um, before I get to the books, I'm going to ask you 
because you've been in this game a while and you are still engaged. You are still passionate. You are still sharp. How do you stay engaged and keep the passion burning? You know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's a myriad of things. So like I'll see, uh, well, okay. So Tim Cron, the truck captain, right. was on earlier. He, uh, there, we had this fire, uh, it was a pretty nice little fire and I'll never forget. I was the arson investigator. So I had to go up after the fire was out and everything. Uh, and it just tore up this house. I went up the stairs and the first person I saw was Tim. Like I said, Tim's extremely old and frail and out of shape. Right. I hope Tim's listening to this by the way. Uh, no, but Tim was, he was tuckered out. Right. Okay. Now Tim has three people under him. He didn't have to be up there doing the work he was doing at the time. And I, he was just, you could, he was physically done. And I walk up there as an investigator and he immediately looked at me and goes, what do you, what do you need? What, what can I do for you? You know? And I, that's what keeps me going is when I meet people like that or see people that are doing the job and they're absolutely doing the job. Right. I've never been inspired by anybody that can tell me what comes on at 11 o'clock on CBS. You know, that does not do it is when I see people or when I meet people in a class, an instructor yes. uh, or a good student, that's what gets me going. That's what really reminds me that, you know, what, what we're doing here, how important our job is. It's like you said, best job I've ever had. Yes. Dude, I love it. Yes. Nice. All right. Then I'm going to move right into it, which is. I love asking firefighters. Do you do you have book or books that you think firefighters should read? Oh yeah. Well, and I read your document that you have on all the books from all the gifts. I really have to update gifts. it because I'm way behind. But go ahead. So there's great books on there, yes. but I got to tell you, the one that I just read, I, I read it twice, okay, uh, two times in a row. To be honest with you, and it's called. I lost you. Jump Seat Leadership, Joshua Chase. Okay. And uh, I, so I had to get him on my podcast and talk to him about it. And it's just a good, it's just a really good book. Uh, it talks about the informal leadership. You don't have to be an officer to be a leader. You can lead from the rear and start your career out on the right foot by being the go-to guy. And that's nice. what he talks about. His now He's very honest, too. He'll tell you some things in that book that, you know, how he might not have been as mature as he should have been, how he kind of didn't jump into the officer training as quick as he could have. It's just a real honest book and a great book on leadership. Can't, can't recommend it enough. And that is jump seat leadership by Joshua chase. Yes. Kick ass, man. Awesome, man. And and I love finding new books that I haven't read yet. Cause you know, as I do this, I try to stay up, but I'm, I'm way behind on my reading, but I love finding new books to read. Well, he's a Norfolk boy too, with Jared Sergi, right. who wrote no, no nonsense leadership, yeah, which no nonsense. that would be that they're right there. They're, they're that good. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right. Well, this is the point where we get, and I, uh, we have a thing on the weekly scrap. It is the five questions for firefighters. All right. The answers are hundred percent your opinion and the points usually are, pa- I mean, if you saw the, uh, Sean Duffy got to pass out the points last time, but we're back to the normal the normal okay. background. So I pass out the points now. It's completely arbitrary. So, uh, Jake Barnes, are you ready for the five questions for firefighters? As ready as I'm going to be, sir. Here we go. Number one, and I'm kind of excited because you gave me a teaser earlier, like a little spoiler. But yeah, I did, I, and I think I also personally did not bring something else up because I know it's going to be in the five. Okay. Okay. Here we go. What is the number one issue facing the modern fire service? Social media. Uh, it's it's the devil. It's the worst thing you could do for the fire service because you put these snippets on of these brothers going to work, sisters going to work, and people are just bashing on them because they have zero context. There's no context in these videos. So I think that's it. Social media and context. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you think there's an answer for that at all, or are we just are we just stuck like uh, like the, society? The, are we just stuck with it? No, the answer is, is personal responsibility. Don't, you know, like I like to say, ask questions, don't make statements. So if you sit there and say, you make a statement of like, you know, that guy's knitted. He doesn't have his hood up. Okay. That's stupid. Why don't you say, I wonder why he doesn't has, have his hood up. Right. You know, maybe there's a reason for it. I right. don't know. But ask questions, don't make statements. No matter how unlikely there is to be a good reason, you're still leaving it open for the benefit of the doubt. I want to give my brothers and sisters the benefit of the doubt because I, you know, they're, they're out there doing, doing the job, man. I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there usually on the, you know, taking a dump, looking at right. social media, seeing these guys going to work, 
you know, who am I to sit there and second guess what they're doing? You know, if I really want to know, I'll ask a question. How come he didn't have gloves on? How come this? How come that? I'm not going to sit there and say they're 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 bad firemen. I just hate that. No, hundred percent. And and I can you get me talking uh, during the questions, which means you get max points because you got me talking. But the context thing is, <laughs> it's so hard uh, when you type out an answer, you know, and and, and push send. Sometimes you completely lose context of, of not only the, the frame of reference for the video or photo that you saw, but mm-hmm. even when you say, uh, how come he didn't have gloves on? It can be read so many ways. Like, how come that guy didn't have gloves on? You know, right. versus, I wonder if there's a reason why he didn't have gloves on. You know, it's just context is lost because there's no inflection. There's Absolutely. No, yeah, kinesthetic. You're trying to judge an entire department or, a, or an entire crew or company by a 30 second snippet, you have no idea what they're doing before, what they're doing after. Right. No, and there's, you know, there's and, been lots of examples of uh, people who've just been lambasted and, and harpooned. And then you, yeah. get, you get the full story later and you're like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I wish I could remember exactly. But there was an Indiana firefighter who came out of a room that flashed and he was coming down the ladder. I don't think he had his helmet on or something like that. And people were just bashing on him. And then uh, a good friend of mine found out the story, you know, and it was knocked off of him or something like that. It was something totally harmless, but instead of saying, Hey, there's a brother and sister, you know, doing the job, we're going to sit, we're going to, we're going to bash on him. That's bullshit. And surviving a near miss, but you're going to beat on him for not having this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sauce. You got me talking so long on question one. All right. Number two, extra points. <laughs> What is the thing you are most excited about for the future of firefighting? Okay, so for me, the UL NIST studies that started you know, 10, 11 years ago, I think have absolutely changed the fire service uh, for the better. And I get excited when they come up with new stuff. So the, you know, the new basement fire study and all that stuff, it's amazing. I think uh, they don't get near enough credit for saving saving firefighters. They they really they put in the work, they put in the effort, uh, and they incorporate the fire service right along every step of the way. So, to me, I, I think that is what's going to make this job great and better and everything down the road. No, I can't argue with that. the The science meeting, the anecdotal meeting, the shoe leather on the asphalt, all yes. is kind of combined into that. You know. I, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, each, and each iteration is getting better and better and better, you know? Well, uh, they, they perfect what they're doing. But to me, the governor's study, uh, and if you don't know what it is, uh, people that are listening, read up on it. It's amazing. So they got the same, you know, the same type of house over and over. They can repeat over and over and over these experiments, and they measure them. And they come up with all this data that we can use. And it's nothing hard. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to buy a better nozzle or a better truck or better anything. You just have to take in this information and maybe change your tactics. And hopefully you don't have to change your tactics. Maybe you've been doing it right the whole time. That stuff right there is pretty exciting to me. No, 100%. I'm a fire nerd, so. <laughs> we're, hey, we're in the company of fire nerds. and and There we go. I love it. That's what they're doing on a Monday nights watching us. <laughs> right. No, I love it, man. Uh, number three the best rank or position to be in in the fire service training officer no doubt oh wow training officer think about it i mean i'm listening training officers are are the conduit through tradition through knowledge and through history of your department that's what a training officer does they actually change how your department can operate they 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 bring in the new guys you know, the guys that turn into the Corley Moore or the Jared Sergis, they're the ones that get them when they're brand new and set them on the right path. They're the ones that help bring them back when they need to be brought back a little bit. So without a doubt, I think the training officer is uh, whatever rank that is for whatever department is absolutely the driving force for that uh, fire department. That is, I don't think, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I've heard training officer as an answer in 78. I'm sure I have. So you've heard a bunch of wrong answers then. Well, there's only one right answer, but <laughs> you articulated your answer very well. I'll put it that Thank way. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> no, and and I got to say, and you're getting me talking again, so that means lots of points. Which is, points. <laughs> which means they do have the biggest impact in the rookies, early guys, man. I mean, whether they right. check out after that, they still have that first initial. And I think there's a saying that says something about first impressions, you know, and how important Absolutely. they are. Think about the training officer that had, you know, Bruin Sini. Right or oh, Salt yeah. or Goldfeder or these guys. Imagine being that guy that maybe had some kind of uh, 
you know, sway on their, their passion for the job. I mean, You're talking about amazing. some butterfly effect at this point. Yeah. Exactly. I, yes. 100%. They, they said, yeah. Yeah. That, and think about the bad instructors that, you know, did just the opposite. Now we don't have these other guys. So yeah, I, I believe training officer really is, is the uh, driving force. That, that's strong. Cause, uh, I, and I want to, I'll qualify and I'm, I'm attacking onto you. So I'm sorry, but I'm saying no, 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 a good. good training officer is yes. hundred yes, percent. Yes. And I, I guess that qualifies to all of them. So yeah, excellent, yeah, excellent yeah, answer. Good point. Man. Excellent answer, Jake. Thank you. Uh, best advice you have ever received. So when I was in Lexington, I worked with a guy, uh, Joe Best, and he gave me the best advice ever, and I pass it on every chance I get. His was, give the department one extra hour of whatever it asks. So if it asks you to train all day or you're at a fire all day, you got to clean or change hose all day, doesn't matter, give it one more hour. Just give it that one extra hour, and you're going to be head and shoulders above everybody else. Wow. And I that really that melted my brain when he said that because he said it and just dropped it like a little nugget and went on. You know, he didn't say it all inspiring or anything. Right. Is... I, 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 and it's true. He, you know, and just put an hour more and maybe, maybe if you're tired, just open up a map book, you know, uh, or go open up a truck and open up a, a, a door. Just, you know, pull some hose, do something. Just do one more hour and you're going to be better. Your crew is going to be better. Your department's going to be better. Wow. No, that's strong. Especially in an hour. I'm, I'm saying. Like, I'll even back it up and say if you did, like, if your cutoff time's at 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. or whatever the cutoff time is, if you did 10 extra minutes. So if you, yeah. did, a, if you did an hour, you know, yeah. holy crap. Well, the thing about it is, is just that mentality. Right, though. the mindset. You know, say 5 or 6 o'clock rolls around, you're tired, you already ate dinner, and you forgot to do something. You're like, oh, shit, well, let me go out there and look at this rope bag real quick. And just, you know, you just get in that mindset. You're going to be better. You're going to be a better firefighter. Awesome, man. Uh, George Robertson Jr. said, training officer, the most underrated and underutilized position in the fire department. Have to 20 bucks Venmo. He's right. He's right. <laughs> you got, first get, you're passing out a lot of Venmo money tonight, Jake. Well, I hate to say that I'm super rich, but I'm <laughs> extremely wealthy. I won a $7 scratch off just the other day, so I got the kind of cash. I got that cheddar. So you got that cheddar me. to where you oh, can make a cheddar. difference. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Number five, heavy fire. Mm-hmm. In searchable space, would you rather be assigned to the nozzle or first in on VES? I love this question, and I love to hear all your guests answer on this one because some of them answer right off the bat. I could not do that. I had to go back and forth. Here's what I came up with. And I okay. hope you like it. Okay. I've done almost my whole career on an engine, so I've always been on the nozzle. I've never been able to do VES, so I'm going to have to go VES. Like it, like it, just because it's never been an opportunity you got to take. I've never had that opportunity, brother. I'd love to do it. Love like it. it. Someone uh, actually, uh, and again, great answers, man. Thank you for that. Uh, there it is. The five questions for firefighters, according to Jake Barnes. So I hope everybody enjoyed them. He got me talking and I, I try not to interrupt people during their five questions, but whenever someone gets ah. me going, I can't help it. That's the, that's no, the Hey, if you've heard my podcast, that's what I do. Cause I, <laughs> I want the conversation, man. I you know, I don't want to ask a question. I don't want to interview I want to have conversations. Sure. You know, that's what, that's why I love the scrap, man. The scrap's got that in spades, man. Thank Great you, conversations. Brother. Someone posted a picture on Twitter and they said, is this question five? Uh, is this the kind of thing you're talking about with heavy fire? And it was a good picture and it had heavy fire and it had searchable space. And mm-hmm. I said, based off a 2D picture that, you know, everything you can judge, absolutely. I said, there but based off that picture, I said, I want the nozzle because there's so much fire there. That I want <laughs> so, uh, and, I, love it. I love being on the nozzle. So everybody is, it, it just depends kind of on what you're, uh, what you're envisioning in your head when I ask that question, you know, right. so that's what's so great about it. And I don't even care about the answers. I care about the reasoning behind the answers. That's what makes it so much fun for me. Yeah. It's a great question. Cause it really does get you thinking as a person. I mean, you're like, well, what should I want to do? It's not a simple, like, Oh, nozzle. It's like, Hmm. If I was on a nozzle and it was wrong. Yeah. You know, no, cause I always think like, I want to make that grab. I want to make that grab. I'm going to make that grab, you know? And, and then I saw that picture. I'm like, man, that I, I want that nozzle on that one. So I may, <laughs> I may even like in the future, cause I'm, I have like, I might even post a picture up here for you and say, all right, Jake, what would you rather have on this one? So we'll see. There you go. Oh yeah. The, the evolution of, yes, of, of, of the, the five questions. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, a couple of years will be like 37 questions. <laughs> yeah. The 37 questions for firefighters. Uh, so, okay. Best place to contact you, reach out to you, uh, get in touch with you. 
Okay, so uh, I, I'm all for people in different fire departments uh, emailing me so I can interview them. Uh, I'd love to learn about other fire departments. So threepointfirefighter at gmail.com. Uh, my podcast is called Three Point Firefighter. I'm on Spotify, uh, Apple, Stitcher, all the big ones. Uh, you can also get a hold of me uh, Facebook at Three Point Firefighter, Twitter, Three Point Firefighter, and then uh, you can just put some stuff in my mailbox out front of my house. Other than that, that's it. That's how you get Perfect. a hold of me. <laughs> I love that's that. how you get a hold of me. I love people's sense of humor, man. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, seriously, I got a mailbox. <laughs> I always like to throw out, I got my empty American flag back behind me. I need uh-huh. challenge coins. I always challenge people to send me challenge coins. That's my challenge. Um, what else we got? I'm going to read you some more uh, advice from Jacob Johnson says advice, colon, shut the hell up, open your ears and the things you hear, make sure you pass on to those behind you. Good, mm-hmm. solid advice. Absolutely. Uh, Corey Payne said, VES, it's just like Walmart. Get in, get your stuff and get the hell out. <laughs> That's a pretty good, pretty good analogy. So I think that's actually in this book, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was in fourth edition. They took it out and then they put it back. So they put it back in. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so, it was skipped an edition. Uh, other than that, uh, Jake, man, it's been a good time. I feel like I've talked to an old friend. Hey, same here, brother. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I tell you what, I, you're coming on my podcast, right? I, I, we'll have some more fun. Usually, I try to do it first. That way, I'm not the. It's like when you. You play the the challenge game. You don't want to be the second guy going, so. right? And then I'm I'm going to have 215 questions. It's a new new thing I'm adding. Okay, I like. Um, <laughs> and I'm also doing one. It's called "What's Your Pin Number?" So that's going to be pretty exciting. Oh, that's easy. It's only four. <laughs> it's only four. I can remember those. Hold on, give me a pin. Right okay. on. Yeah. Hey, listen, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks for letting me get the word out on the calcium scoring screening test. I really want to get brothers and sisters, you know, safe. Uh, and I just had a blast, man. I, I love the weekly scrap, man. I do. Thanks for letting me be on it. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being a supporter. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for the awesome answers. Uh, thank you, audience, for the comments, the questions, uh, the the jokes. Um, sometimes you guys make it hard to concentrate. And I got to say, I hope the tone stays silent unless it's burning. Everybody stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.